Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the weekend edition. I think this will probably go in at episode 105 or something like that. I was going to uh, make this just for the insiders only, but I think that today we have what I would flat out consider some bombshell information. And I think everybody needs to hear it because I think everybody's being forced to make some choices right now. And they're going to uh, be forced to make some choices. I think that we're at a critical moment. I think this is information that you absolutely need to hear. What was your initial hot take, single white Medusa? Well, can I say what this is regarding? Yeah. Um, this is about RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book that I believe is coming out in a few days. Um. I mean, it is coming out in a few days. I think it's on the 19th. And it is the truth about Anthony Fauci. I might have the title slightly wrong, but it's basically that. And I've known that this book was coming out for a little while, and I've been very anxious to read it. But this interview between Dr. McCullough and RFK Jr. Um, really made me just that much more like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely a must read. Um, he, I believe, is a big-time lawyer, right? Yeah, he he's a he's a Kennedy, you know, uh, uh, the son of RFK, um, has always been an activist lawyer. You have to remember, he's from the other side politically. But um, I think he, in many ways, you, you'll look in anybody's past and find things you don't like and do like. But I do think he has sort of that Kennedy um, streak of champion championing the the causes you know i think a lot I, I think there are a lot of flaws in the kennedy clan um but at the end of the day they did seem to have a streak for the downtrodden and you know maybe sometimes there were people that abused that to sort of wield it as um sort of demagogic demagogic power but i think i think in their family there were a lot of true believers and and you know take that for what it's worth but the interesting thing in all of this is you, Medusa, because you're someone who, when people start talking about people, you kind of dive in and do a research. You don't necessarily listen to the advertising. The first time I noticed that with you was Obama. Yeah. I mean, I read um, Jerome Corsi's book, Obamination. This came out before before Obama was elected for the first time. Um, yeah, you had people like Oprah, you know, and Obama writing, you're not even writing his book. I think Bill Ayers wrote it, you know, the, the the sins of my father, whatever he called it, you know, the dream of my father. It turns out he never even knew his father, that uh, they had to like basically make every craft, everything out of whole cloth. And, you know, there was that moment as Obama was, you know, the great black hope. And everybody was bending over backwards to sort of like cathartically purge themselves of their innate racism. And there was all this sort of advertising about the myth of Obama. So you went in and read Corsi's book and everybody said, oh, no, I remember at the time. Oh, no, Obama's really a moderate and he may even be right. Um, he has now there is an interesting thing. There is one little interesting caveat to that. Uh, I think it was Dan Bongino, he said, because uh, he guarded Obama, his Secret Service, and he said the interesting thing uh, about Obama, and he, uh, Bongino never, you know, they have that Secret Service 
thing of never talking out of school because that's their job. They don't talk. But I think he's reached a level of frustration lately with everything. And I think the Secret Service is uh, facing an identity crisis right now because they're becoming more... Um, they're having to clean up a lot of feces, let's say, both literal and, and uh, metaphorical. And I think they're getting tired of that and they're starting to talk out of school from what I hear. Um, but Bongino made two comments recently. He made one about Hillary Clinton, who he said was the most evil person he'd ever met. And I think that was the quote, but it was something along those lines. And he said about Obama, he said, the funny thing about Obama is in public he talked left. But behind the scenes, he would espouse more right-leaning conservative things. And you, there was one moment where Obama tried to address, after his presidency, sort of young black men. And he tried to say, listen, you need to stop spending your money on this ghetto lifestyle. You need to save money. You need to do these things. And he got booed. And he basically reversed rhetoric. But that's a side note. So you went and read you know, what Corsi wrote. And everybody said, no, 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 Obama's really this way. He's never going to evolve on gay marriage. You know, black, the black community, blah, 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 all these things. Uh, and then lo and behold, really everything that Corsi said actually was true about Obama. He was a hardcore American, America-hating leftist. And that's the funny, some, funny thing about sometimes about hardcore American leftists is they do espouse right in their own life. They do financially want gain and capitalism but only for them not for you for everybody else they want your communities you know to just engage in this behavior where nothing's wrong everything's destroyed you know like like nancy pelosi classic example richest person who's made more money off the stock market and capitalism her district is an utter hellhole of suffering and disease and poverty and mental illness and crime so what does that tell you? But anyways, uh, I, I always find it interesting about you because when I – and today's uh, talk is about the, what I think is a very – you're getting you, – you are getting a, a very advanced look, a sneak preview um, of what I think is about to be a bombshell on, on Fauci. And it's an interesting kind of bombshell because it's not the classic, boom, he did this, we caught him on video doing this thing. Everything baby out with the bathwater. But this bombshell is probably more like what we would call in the military a JDAM. This is a bunker-busting bombshell that will go down through the layers of Fauci's history and fully give you a good picture of who we're actually dealing with. Now, I think a lot of the people on the podcast think they have a good picture, and I would have been one of those people. This interview that we're going to post in the comments today with Robert F. Robert Kennedy um, <clears throat> Jr. kind of had me stunned, and stunned at first, stunned more. There's still about 20 minutes to go, but I finally, when he talks about a, a certain cemetery, uh, I finally said, okay, that's that's about as much as I can take right now, and I had to process this and get this out. So. RFK Jr. thinks that when this book comes out and when the Republicans retake uh, Congress next year, you're going to see um, investigations into this stuff and Fauci will probably voluntarily resign to get out in front of it, just as we're hearing now that Pelosi's not going to run for re-election because she knows it's such a disaster 
Um, but that Fauci can't stand up under this stuff. And already, you know, Rand Paul has been a lion tamer and other people in going after this guy. But going to the Medusa, you were early in on the Fauci mistrust. Now, I, like when I would watch him with Trump and everything, I, I kind of liked him a little bit. I liked his demeanor and I, I felt that there was some common sense and some practical explanations. So there was some, There was some tough but fair stuff, but I kind of felt like in a certain way... He was doing a good job, but that was a press conference, and that was, uh, I think it was a little bit of a deception now we're trying to, we're, we're finding out. But you, you were early in on, there was some problems with Fauci, mainly because of Dr. Judy Minkovitz. Yeah, but I think I was with you right at the beginning of those press conferences of when COVID first became official, because I don't think I knew of Fauci yet either, but I shortly did in a weird way. So, yeah, I, I thought like you, though, like, all right, yeah, I'm listening to this guy. Okay, cool. He's an expert, I guess, they say. I didn't know any better, but um, but I was reading very shortly thereafter Dr. Judy Mikovits's book. Um, she has a few books. I think it was Ending Plague, if I'm not mistaken. And that a fair amount of that is about Dr. Fauci and how he basically set out to ruin her career and even throw her in jail for five days for no good reason. She was never even charged for anything. I remember the PR campaign where she announced her criticisms and the lockstep media, the one that is like we post, I had this post last week where I showed how all of them were posting the same thing about, I forget whatever ridiculous bullshit it was that week. Um, but they immediately came out to say, oh, she's a known criminal criminal and, and she didn't even work on these things. But when you dive into what she really did, she was the the foremost researcher. He stole her work, uh, told her to play ball or else. She said nope. And then he had her thrown in prison, had her discredited. Yeah. And part of it also was one, like when the trouble first started with her and him, I believe, was that he was having her... I mean, she was re- she was doing research on, you know, a different uh, drug, you know, medical matter, whatever. She basically, I think it had to do with, um, like, hormones being given to cows, and then if that had an effect on people, I believe something like that. Anyway, uh, basically, she's a an honest scientist, and what she was finding was not even what she expected to find, but she was just like this is not good and these are this is the outcomes and it wasn't even what she expected but she was just this is the data and he absolutely was coming after her not wanting to let her give the honest data about this thing so that was kind of when the trouble with them started but then there was the other thing where yeah basically he stole her research on that and other things uh made her lose her career um, but she is right on and she continues to stand. Yeah, I've I've watched her in several interviews with her and I find her to, to be a completely credible, sober person. Sometimes in the opposition, you can get some people that are a little sketchy or a little emotional or saying some wild things. But lately, a lot of very credible, sober, like we, we just posted, I think it was last weekend, that lady who did the interview Meryl with Mast. Dr. Yeah, I, I was like, the, the amount of sobriety was like, was the biggest point in making kind of what's going on now um all of the stuff with Minkovitz and bad blood between her and Fauci I could 
chalk up to sort of what did they call it in college interdisciplinary warfare or you know just academic warfare like me you credit you know all these kinds of things maybe you know still pretty bad to use your power to have someone thrown in jail or to steal their intellectual work that that's bad but then what began to come out was the amount of money that Fauci controlled and has controlled since the 90s I think the number was 191 billion dollars in research that he has personally awarded and then you go to the fact that many scientists like you go to the guy that um, invented the PCR testing who just died recently and he had a serious axe to grind against Fauci and and constantly wanted to get him in a public debate and prove him wrong and things like that. And this is the guy that Fauci basically uh, engineered the whole COVID pandemic scam on his work using PCR testing uh, at 45 cycles to prove that everybody had COVID to some extent. You know, really, and this guy was like, no, you shouldn't use it above seven he wanted to fight with COVID, uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, Fauci and everything like that. Um, but it, it, it's, it, you find them in the interviews that he said, he said that much of the medical establishment lived in fear of Fauci because Minkovitz was not his first rodeo. He had a habit of destroying anybody who opposed him, questioned him, or didn't want to play ball. And the medical establishment and mainly the vaccine industry began to realize you gotta you gotta let Fauci wet his beak and be in control if you want to do any of your research. About midway through what we're gonna post today, you get into why there is so much destruction and illness among our young who are now becoming adults, the, the Down syndrome, the autism, all these kinds of things, the seminal date of 1989 when it begins to really explode. Before that, it was, I think it was like one in 220 kids may have had these problems. Now I think it's one in 33, you know, and, and people are like, hey, if we, the data is there, can we go in and do the research and find out why this is really happening? And what you find is Fauci is the prime motivator who will not allow any of the data or any of the tests or any of the research to be done to explore what began to happen in 1989 that is causing the destruction of multiple generations now. So bad stuff there, but where it really all begins is AZT. And I think what I heard today in Dr. Malone, uh, not Dr. Malone, but uh, uh, Robert RFK Jr.'s research on in this book that he has coming out, which I do think is not just going to be a bombshell. I think it's going to be a JDAM on this guy's career. Um, was AZT. And the death toll. And we had talked a couple of weeks ago about AZT, about a guy whose brother you know, went through the whole thing, was, was homosexual. Uh, people within the community were saying, hey, this AZT is bad. He felt guilt and shame because of his condition, continued to take it despite the fact that he felt like he was dying every day, taking it, ultimately dies from it. His mother basically dies from cancer over the grief of because she had motivated her son to, you know, I know it's killing you. I know it's making you sick. Keep taking this. But people within the homosexual gay community were saying, hey, AZT is really bad stuff. With Minkovitz, I believe, and Fauci, um, Fauci made sure to shut down any other sort of investigation 
of anything that could actually help people who were suffering from AIDS at the time and wanted to advance uh, AZT and interferon because he had the patents on it and it was his development and he was making the money. So anybody want to guess what the, the death toll on uh, AZT is? Uh, people who died not from AIDS, not from car accidents, not from all the things that you can die of COVID from, gunshot wounds and motorcycle accidents. Does anybody want to take a guess on what the death toll from AZT is? 100%. That's basically what he said, yeah, right? It was basically 100%. And explained. Yeah, and it was it was 300,000 dead. Yeah. Oh, okay, like the amount. Yeah, but well, I, I'm, I forgot the 100%, but you're absolutely right. And so here you have Fauci who pushed AZT like no tomorrow, allowed nothing else. The death toll was 100%, and it was 300,000 people. So when you want to talk about uh, other mass murderers and uh, the invasion of Iraq, and literally Saddam Hussein did less than Fauci. He was hung for less. Yeah, he was hung for less than what Fauci did. 300,000 dead. No, hey, that that you really killed a lot of people there. You didn't help out. Uh, I guess in the industry they call him Teflon Tony. Um, so uh, he just goes on to acquire more power. Did you want to say something about the AZT? Yeah, so, I mean, he explains why, is that AZT is a really, really strong chemotherapy drug. And he said, so... It kills everything. Yeah, like, so typically what the hope is with cancer is that um, it will kill the tumor, yes, but that it will hopefully kill the tumor before it kills you. And so once it kills the tumor, you know, then they stop having you take it. And then, okay, that's the goal, is like it killed the tumor, but you didn't take it so long that it then killed you. Well... The whole thing with the AIDS patients is, hey, we're going to put you on this for life. Well, obviously, it's going to kill them because if you keep taking chemo permanently, you will die. Like, it will kill you. Yeah. So. But but how do you make all the money that you need to make off that? Now, AZT cost, uh, was it 50 cents a drug? Five, five. It was I $5 just, a drug? Wait, AZT? AZT, the truth. I the it tr was $10,000 no, a year. Oh, no, no. You're, you're ahead of it. Oh. The actual oh. physical cost to make that it cost them. Yeah, I think was I right. think it was like either fifty cents or five cents. Yeah, they sold it at ten thousand bucks a year, with a lifetime subscription. Now I just posted something today, from Tim Runs's mouth, and his quote was, "If big pharma could find a way to make a vaccine advent calendar, they would." Mm -hmm. Now within the world, you were hearing of the sixth booster shot. I just saw this, you know, insane, deranged doctor from L.A., Dr. Pan. It's funny how they're always Chinese um, out there telling everybody uh, to get boosted, you know, to get on a boosting schedule. So, you, you OK, so now we've gone from two weeks to flatten the curve to you got to be on a boosting schedule. These are the same people that brought you AZT manufactured for, let's say, five dollars a pill. That's which is pretty high. Um that they sold for $10,000 a year, $10,000 a year, knowing that it was going to kill people. Chemotherapy kills people. The way that they tested AZT was they took it and they put it, they took AZT and they put it in a Petri dish of, of harm uh, of bacteria like cancer and all these kinds of different things. And if it killed it, they said, great, now let's put it in people, you know, and, the, and, the, and it, and it, and it killed 100% of the people and it killed 300,000 people. This is Fauci. 
this is the person who's been all over the place. Mask, not mask. It's the droplets. These things. This is the guy who basically twisted Trump's arm behind his back. And I'm not absolving Trump. But I'm saying, at that time, during that two weeks of fear in March, there was no decision any any politician could have made without Fauci's blessing. Because everybody lived in a state of fear. And this is the guy who destroyed the economy, is still destroying the economy, is still grinching your Christmas, is still profiting, is still having children wear masks, and is desperate. He got his 5 to 11-year-olds. And now we're seeing, uh, oh, like you know, like I posted today about people, they're, they're now seeing young people die of heart attacks from chronic uh, marijuana abuse, which has never, ever happened. Kids are now dying and having heart attacks because they're vaccinated. And now they're running bus ads in cities about little children get strokes too. Uh, rarely, like like unmeasurably. But now apparently it's a thing. Hmm, what factor could have been introduced to the culture that is now causing young people to have heart attacks and children to have strokes? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe your desire to jab them to death? And that's not where they're stopping. In Poland, they're already doing trials on infants. So if you think 5 to 11-year-olds was bad, they want to go to this level too. These are the people that took $5 pills and charged people $10,000 a, a year to die. Ten th they charged people, 300,000 people, $10,000 a year to die. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, back to RFK Jr. a little bit and him being on the other side than us politically um i mean nowadays he's more on our side because he's more of a classic well liberal. here's where i'm thinking on the rfk thing and i think it's a gift from god even if he isn't or whatever he is like the the deal at the end of the day is the kennedys have a certain amount of street cred and power now when this book comes out the first thing Amazon's going to do is pull it, just like they've pulled every other book. But maybe because of Kennedy, somewhat, you know, like their family still pulls a lot of political. Maybe, maybe, maybe it gets into the mainstream. I don't know. That's why I wanted to do this podcast today, and I don't want to do it for too long because I really want you to watch the video in the comments. Sit down with your family this afternoon, sit down tonight by yourself, listen to it in the car tomorrow. But I think you need to hear this. Um, you don't even need to buy the book when it comes out. I think that this is enough for ammunition for you to go out and make your decisions, but also man-to-man -man defense, woman-to-woman -woman defense, woman-to-man. Start informing people because this people is this this stuff is killing us, and this is a genocide. Well, I want to make sure that you talk about the most horrific thing that we heard. I think I I wanted to touch on two more things. Okay, so then we advance into. Uh, the Frankenstein phase, which really touches on Fauci's what I think can only be called a sociopathy, but the taking infant scalp skin and putting on on rats, um, harming the beagle. You know about beagle. I hate saying gate, but that's what they're calling it. Beagle gate. Um, you know, really dark, diabolical, chimeric stuff that that no human mind should conceive of like this guy has been doing it a lot. And if it, you know, the stuff that's known is bad. Uh, I'm sure that there's worse, but, but some really, really, you know, 
just unnatural abuse of of humans in the name of science and the science isn't and the science you know like when you look at one of the most of Fauci's money comes from the military to create bioweapons I mean like I don't think this is something that we should be doing uh taking the skin off uh, infants heads and putting it on rats and testing chemicals and shampoo to see if it itches or you know removing the vocal cords from beagles so you can't hear them scream while you let their faces be eaten alive and everything like that there's a whole frankenstein phase in there let's not destroy sunday any more than if you listen to the podcast you'll get a good dose of that and it's probably something that you need to hear i won't waste your time here what i did want to move on to was i think the most diabolical thing where i kind of had to stop and that is what Fauci did to Hispanic and black children. Foster, in, children. foster children, you know, the kids who have no defense, no parent, you know, it's for those situations. And the people that that outdated uh, Judeo-Christian relic of a Bible they would love to ban off of Amazon tell us that we are actually supposed to be the defenders of. And we're told that, you know those are the most vulnerable so he took these kids and he was testing a chemotherapy drug and it was killing them and making them sick and they would say i don't want to take these pills anymore um i can't eat they're making me feel horrible at which point fauci would then use you know the foster care system to have them shuttled down to a hospital and intravenously fed the drugs against their will they all died um, they were all buried in a cemetery, which you'll get into in the podcast. And they just basically put an AstroTurf cover over the cemetery. A reporter went and looked at it, and there were hundreds of just badly stacked, carelessly stacked was the word, coffins, tiny coffins in there. Um, so, you know, Fauci could come out and say, um, I was trying to, you know, help people who were dying of cancer and everything like that. And it's like, I think my thing would be you use people who had no defense and then you slaughtered them even when they complained about it and then you mass buried them in a grave. Everybody here is very familiar with the abuses of socialism, mass graves, doing things, medical experiments like the Nazis and the Soviets against people's will, executing them and then mass graving them. Can you please tell me the difference between Dr. Fauci and Stalin, Dr. Fauci, and the Nazis. You were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, just like, I think any of us would say, I would rather die of cancer if I get cancer than than um, have little kids, little defenseless kids that don't even have a parent to advocate for them, um, tortured and have these medications tested on them. Like, that saving us from cancer is not worth that that's for yeah. sure there's some things that are not worth it and that's it goes back to the jeff goldblum jurassic park just because you can doesn't mean you should there's such wisdom in that and especially for science and now you know we've seen scientism which is a departure from science it's the religiousification of science scientism you know um becoming this justification for the sort of the, the the transhumanist movement of of using bootstrapping their projected advances into the future on the corpses of humanity 
And that's gotta stop. Final thought, final final point. It's not really a thought. The intersection of Gates and Fauci begins in 2000 in in Gates's um, Lake Washington waterfront home, in which he brings Fauci in and says, "I want to be in business with you." And here we are, 22 years later today, with these two MFers screwing all of us up, owning the medical authority in the case of Fauci, Bill Gates being basically the de facto ruler of the G8 and buying up as much agriculture as he can so that you can't have a good steak, so that you eat the bugs, so that you do all these things. I'm going to leave it right there. Like I said, I'm going to make this one free for everybody today. We'll do an insider podcast later this week for everybody because I want to make sure the insiders always get you know, a little bit more extra content because we really appreciate the support and allows us to spend our time away from writing and the things that we do digging into this stuff because I think this is the most critical year in human history and the next one might even be worse. So I want to keep highlighting this. If you get a chance, support the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, check us out over at Nick Cole. Uh, .substack something what is it we talked about yesterday uh, <laughs> we don't even know but you can go over there and subscribe and, and check out uh, the um, nickcole.substack.com and you can subscribe there um, or not just keep listening and, and staying in there Medusa has one last thought yeah just a little thing um, when you first start listening to the interview you're going to be like well, it's really hard to understand RFK Jr. because he has some sort of uh, maybe. I think the Kennedys have like a genetic. Uh, I want to say it's like a Parkinson's of their vocal cords, but. But you kind of yeah. get like your ear will get attuned to it, and then it yeah. becomes then you can like start to understand him more. So like, give it a chance, listen hard at first because it is a little hard to understand him right at first. But then it'll be like, oh, okay, now I'm now I'm here. I think I, I I'm really gonna say I think this is actually one of the most important podcasts we've done, and. It will become more so when you go listen to that that video. Now, Dr. Mercola, because he's one of the quote unquote dirty dozen that social media has said are misinformers. And RFK Jr. is number two. And RFK is number two. (laughs) You've got time sensitive. He takes these interviews down after three days. um, After two days. After two days. So uh, download it or do whatever you can. Get a hold of it. I would encourage you to listen to it immediately and and begin to spread it as fast as you can you're gonna you're gonna need these rounds in your magazines because like i said i think i think this is going to be really important this was diabolical frankenstein level garbage and it's got to stop because i think the fate of our democracy is at stake and i think more importantly if it even can be said that way, I think your health and your family's health is at stake. And I, and I, even if we all survive this or they convince us like, see, isn't life better? Cause we did all this stuff. I'm not interested in that kind of life. I'm not, I'm not interested in living a great life on the backs of this much darkness, chaos and carnage. I highly encourage you to give it a listen that's the podcast uh i believe we'll be back later this week to do more podcasts and we hope that we continue to find um things that are that that are informative and interesting and what i really really hope for is 
we get to a moment where we have nothing left to say and we can just walk away from this podcast because everything is better and you are and your family are safe. And that's what I would really, really like. Have a great weekend. That's the podcast.